0: are listening to our father who from heaven above and that's because it's a rumination Tuesday July the 23rd in the year of our Lord 2019 and um, I'm really confused because we have two marks <laughs> in the studio with us uh, one is really important and well the other one okay got, uh, got
1: two marks against you
0: two marks against me. One is Mark Smith, who's here every Tuesday, and as we got here, Mark Laverty pushed his way into the studio. (laughs) Hello, Mark Laverty. Good morning. And why are you here today? Just so we can announce
2: it. Uh, I just happened to be driving by, and I thought I'd come in and
0: No, 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 I actually... Laverty is a liar, so (laughs) let's hear now his real reason for being here.
2: Well, there's a convention of the Senate down in Florida this week, and uh, so instead of regular chapel services, they're having um, uh, hymn sings at chapel this morning at 10 o'clock, and I was uh, kindly asked to play, and it'll be an honor and a privilege. You playing the piano or the organ? Uh, Bagpipes.
0: Good. (laughs) That'll be a lot better. (laughs) He's not that good at either one of the piano (laughs) or the organ. Yeah, I've seen him in his concerts, and he doesn't even use music. Mark Smith never preaches without the manuscript in front of him, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tell you. We are looking at our Father Who from heaven above... This is by Martin Luther, and he actually wrote a hymn for each section of his catechism. Uh, Unique to this paraphrase is that almost every stanza is catechetical in form. Uh, Remember, Our Father Who Art in Heaven, what does this mean? Similarly with a hymn. It's a literal statement of the petition, Second, an application and explanation. Now, Luther himself never wrote the tune for the text, and it was never well received. But then in 1539, Schumann used a revised tune from the Bohemian Brethren, which is used now in our hymnal. And it's just uncertain how much Luther was involved in revising the tune, because he was alive at that time. 1539, when did he die? Fifteen forty six, six. six. Yes. So, our Father who from heaven above, we always begin with. Uh, let's have Mark read the first stanza.
1: Our Father who from heaven above.
0: How do I know that that was the Mark I was talking oh, okay. to?
1: Okay. All right.
0: But it was. We'll go to Mark. No, it was Mark Smith. <laughs> okay.
1: Our Father who from heaven above bids all of us to live in love as members of one family, and pray to you in unity. Teach us no thoughtless words to say, but from our inmost hearts to pray.
0: Now what I would like to do with each stanza is emphasize the specific point of that petition that you would be trying to get across to children. Uh, For example, this is a great hymn to have children memorize. You know, it it
1: is a long one.
0: Yeah, which I agree. means Mark Smith will not be playing it this Sunday. <laughs> no. no, you should do what I did last Sunday. I used the one about Abraham has yeah
1: like, uh, the God of Abraham praise yeah lots love that hymn.
0: So what I did, we sang the first five verses as the opening hymn right. and the last four as the closing hymn. Right.
1: That, th- there are several ways you could do this. How so? Well, you could you could sing it during the distribution. I mean, it's
0: of communion. You could do if that. you have it,
1: or you could, uh, or you could use it in place of the Lord's prayer. Now, it is lengthy, but you know it, it. It is a good. You know, you just you just set that time aside and say, hey, our 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 prayers are going to be a little bit long this morning.
0: Now, why are we singing this hymn this week? Because that's one of the readings. Right, it's from right. the gospel. That's Right, but um, I'm not doing the sermon on the basis of that, so I, I am not singing this hymn this week. But it would be uh, a good one if you were ever doing a catechism. Right. Remember, you said you thought during the summer you wanted to do a series.
1: Yeah. What well, we, of like, sermons like during Lent? You could do a series of sermons during Lent on the on the uh, the Lord's Prayer. This would be good oh,
0: that's a do. good idea. This would be good. Yeah, because you got enough Wednesdays. Right. Sure. Okay, I'm still asking you questions so we can make sure Mark Laverty doesn't talk, but Mark, what do you think about this hymn, Laverty?
2: I think it's phenomenal, and uh, already my, <clears throat> we haven't have sung it at Zion, and uh, I, I'm trying to think, you know, could we sing it uh, near the end of the service uh, instead of just reciting the Lord's Prayer, or uh, maybe a, uh, a hymn of the day? Yes.
0: Um, it's tough to decide where to put it unless you divide it like I did.
1: Do it before, yeah. some before the sermon and some after the sermon. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah I've done that a number of times. But then you'd want to be speaking the sermon about this. Right. So out of this first stanza, either one of you, what's the big point? Because this is the first, our Father who art in heaven... So what's Luther trying to get across here?
2: Well, I like the fact that he says he doesn't say that, uh, as far as a law and gospel perspective, he doesn't say uh, forces all of us to live in love. He says bids us, bids all of us. Uh, You rarely hear that word bid, uh, but it's a softer way of saying uh, he's asking us, pleading with us uh, to live in love. (laughs)
1: <laughs> he wants us to approach him as children approach their dear father.
0: That's good. Because we're members of one family. Right. Now, is the whole world members of one family? We're hearing that all over the place today. Yeah, we're all we're all descendants of Adam and Noah. Uh, yeah, better bring in right. Noah. Absolutely. But that's biological family. Yeah. Now that's by, not the family member By
1: faith. By faith, we're all sons of Abraham. All All who believe in him. Yes, yes. I said by faith.
0: As members of one family is only referring to Christians. Right. Yeah, that's kind of important that our Father who from heaven above. You know, what is really interesting about the Lord's Prayer, the name Jesus is never mentioned. Well, he's
1: praying to his heavenly Father.
0: No, he's giving an example how to pray. pray. And you know how many times you hear you can never have a prayer without it being in the name of Jesus or this. But this is a good example where he's implied throughout the entire prayer. But that's something that needs to be taught. Let's have, um, I was going to say Pastor Laverty, but that would be, he's an organist. You said at Zion.
2: Where's that? Zion Lutheran Church in Maryland Heights. And your service on Sunday is? We have services at 8 and 10.30 and Bible class at 9.30. Would you
0: read the second stanza?
2: Yes, sir. Your name be hallowed. Help us, Lord, in purity to keep your word, that to the glory of your name we walk before you free from blame. Let no false teaching us pervert. All poor deluded souls convert.
0: I once did a Bible study on how the petitions of the Lord's Prayer line up with the commandments, the Ten Commandments. This second petition, what commandment would that be? The second. Very good. Which is?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, we fear and love God that we may not, uh, that we keep his name holy. Yes. thou Thou shalt not. Take um, the
0: name, Lord, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Mark. You caught me. You caught me. How did I you catch you not moment. knowing the second <laughs> commandment? Senior moment. That's all I can say. No, Senior no, I, I agree with you. Um, you, you gave the meaning, right? Which is excellent, and that's found there. What's the point you would make, Mark Laverty?
2: on stanza two? Yeah. Um. Well, the the
0: first. Uh,
2: Uh, request help us Lord in purity to keep your word yes and
0: what is he against halfway down let no false teaching us pervert that is a breaking of the second commandment
1: right because it attaches falsehood to God's name
0: exactly well said and that's why KFUO exists to help people understand what is the truth of the scripture so that they don't get deluded by false teaching. I'll read three. Your kingdom come, guard your domain, and your eternal righteous reign. The Holy Ghost enrich our day, with gifts attendant on our way, breaks Satan's power, defeat his rage, preserve your church from age to age. So what petition is this? This is the third petition, and what is the third petition? Thy kingdom come. Yes, and What does Luther say that God's kingdom, we would pray that be on earth as it is in heaven? Yeah, comes without our prayer. Comes without our prayer. In fact, it comes without our invitation. It's really a law and gospel thing. In fact, I talked about that yesterday where we do not accept God. We receive God. Children do not accept who their parents are. They first receive them as parents, and, and so they don't get to an age where by accepting them, they become the children.
1: We didn't choose him. He chose us.
0: That's a very good Bible verse there. Any other comments, either one of you, on three? No. Well, how do you know? I said either one of you. All righty. Mark Smith, Four your
1: gracious will on earth be done as it is done before your throne, that patiently we may obey throughout our lives all that you say, curb flesh and blood and every ill that sets itself against your will.
0: So that's the petition, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I often think about that. How can his will which is done in heaven, which is perfect, ever be done here on earth. Can you give an example of how his will on earth is like his will in heaven, either one of you? Well, remember what his will is, is his desire and commands. And so on earth...
1: Are you talking about his permissive will?
0: No, I'm talking about his will... Where he sent his only begotten Son Jesus, oh, okay. and did Jesus on earth do exactly what Jesus would do in heaven?
2: Absolutely, certainly.
0: Yeah, there's no sin sure. in him at all. Not at all. Uh, the only s- distinction is in a state of humiliation. His humanity. He learned obedience, according to Hebrews, and that's how God wants us. I think this is saying that the only way we can curb flesh and blood and every ill that sets itself against your will is to listen specifically to Jesus because that's what the whole Bible is about. Um, Mark Laverty, you're familiar with a lot of hymnody. You um, run into any hymnody that doesn't have Jesus as a topic that you hear in other churches or such?
2: In other churches?
0: Well, um, on the radio, everywhere.
2: Off the top of my head, I can't think. Oh, that.
0: I can think of about 100.
1: You know, there's been complaints, and, and really, frankly, it's one of my favorite hymns, but Earth and All Stars. You know, oh, yeah. Hymn, there's been the complaint that that is not as Christocentric as it should be.
0: It's more it's a, a first hymn. article hymn. Yeah. And do you know they've had all kinds of changes? Yes. But what I'm talking about, you can go to churches today where the people are waving their hands, that may not be right or wrong, but then they're singing hymns that are really all about themselves. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Where Jesus isn't even, for example, we used to do this at Camping. I mean, all those hymns they would teach us. (laughs) They know we are Christians. By our love. I would always sing they know we are Muslims by our love, yeah. by our love, or Buddhists, or Jews. Yeah. It doesn't matter. There was nothing in it about Jesus.
1: Yeah. Or else uh, Kumbaya, you know. Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I think of all those campfire songs we used to sing.
0: Yes. and um, Kumbaya. This is why just before this program, the coffee hour was talking about higher things. Yes, Excellent. And did you hear that every, like it last four days, I think she said there were
1: 14 services, 14 yes. worship opportunities.
0: But what was the point days. she made? They were all taken from? From the,
1: the hymnal. The hymnal!
0: Absolutely. Oh, I know. Yes. Wow. And uh, how many churches, especially those that have um, things up on the wall screens, and they're using hymns that are not really Christocentric? Uh-huh. That's what I'm talking yeah. about here. And, and that would be a denial of this petition. All right, Mark
2: Laverty, stanza five. Give us this day our daily bread, and let us all be clothed and fed. Save us from hardship, war, and strife. In plague and famine spare our life, that we in honest peace may live. To care and greed no entrance give. This is
0: really important because when we say, give us this day our daily bread, if you remember his explanation, that means you need to have good government, good weather, all kinds of things. I mean, I'm driving through Illinois quite a bit these days and there are still fields underwater. And the corn, many places, is not even knee high. Uh, I heard from farmers that uh, knee high by by 4th of July. I always would say the fourth. And that, that isn't true there at all. That's really interesting. So, when we say give us this day our daily bread, what does the word bread mean in a lot of cultures?
1: Well, of course, in, the, in, in our culture it can mean money.
0: Exactly. You'll you have somebody on the street sitting there. You
1: got any bread?
0: Yes, and I always give them a slice.
1: <laughs> and you take off real fast. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, no. Mr. Bean is great. You ever watch Mr. Bean? Yeah, I've
1: seen Mr. Bean a little
0: bit. Okay, he comes up to this guy who's playing a uh, trumpet and has a hat down and the money's going in it. And Mr. Bean thinks it's a good idea, so he takes his hat off, he puts it down, and he starts dancing to what the guy is. And people put money in his thing. But then before he leaves he takes it out and puts it in. Speaking of leaving On that note. Where are you leaving to?
2: Chapel service.
0: That's right, you're going to be playing for hymns. What is hymns it? are you playing today, do you know?
2: Well uh I hope to suggest one of my own, six forty six. Oh. You wrote six forty six? Yes. Wow. No, I didn't. <laughs>
0: a Mighty Fortress. I Church did not know
2: that. The what? Church of God, Elect and Glorious, one of my favorites. Uh, really? Tremendous text in there.
0: Yes. I, I don't think we've ever looked at that as a hymn of the day. We should. Uh, I, I, and I don't know James Edward Selden who wrote it.
2: I think it's of the uh, British uh, heritage.
0: Boy, that's a good hymn. Well, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Pastor <laughs> Smith. So I can now say Mark, and only one guy's going to talk. Good. Well, I'll see. see you later. Pa- uh, I keep wanting to call him Pastor Laverty because he does have some good yeah. insights. All right. Five. Uh, I'm sorry. Six.
1: Forgive our sins, Lord, we implore, that they may trouble us no more. We too will gladly those forgive who hurt us by the way they live. Help us in our community to serve each other willingly.
0: Yeah, this is one of the hardest petitions. A lot of people read it this way, forgive us our trespasses insofar as I forgive others. It's like saying, yeah. God will only forgive me if I forgive others. Right. But this text makes it clear that God does want us to forgive, but in the way he forgives us in Christ. And so it's really important that he's not holding back forgiveness. Not at all. No, that, that's really important, and uh, Luther makes that clear here. Go ahead with eight.
1: From evil, Lord, deliver us. The times and days are perilous. Redeem us from eternal death, and when we yield our dying breath, console us. Grant us calm release and take our souls to you in peace.
0: And what part of the Lord's prayer is that? Deliver us deliver us from evil. Yes. And a lot of um what's the petition just before that one? In the Lord's prayer. Lead us not into temptation. Exactly. The Pope wants to take that out.
1: Yes, I've heard something
0: about it. Because that. he says God never leads Jesus us wants into temptation. Change it. Yes. Alter it. But I read a really good article which says you don't need to take it out, but you got to have the two petitions together. We're saying, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And see, when you have the two of them together, then there's no insight that the Lord is leading us into temptation. We're actually asking him to deliver us from temptation. And so... I disagree with the Pope there about changing that because if you read the whole prayer in its context, it's lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And he can't do the second if he's doing the first. So that's interesting. Didn't think I'd get to this, but number nine.
1: Amen, that is, so shall it be. Make strong our faith in you, that we may doubt not but with trust believe that what we ask we shall receive. Thus in your name and at your word we say amen. Oh hear us Lord.
0: Now do you notice that part of the Lord's prayer is missing here?
1: For thine is the kingdom yes. and the power and the glory
0: forever and ever amen. Do you know why?
1: That's a final doxology and it's, it is a uh, not included in some yes. of the texts.
0: including the ones that Luther was right. using.
1: In some of them it's not, but it is in others.
0: Where is it from, do you know? It's from Second Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's part of the temple worship. And what they think may have happened, the scribes would be copying, and then they would have a margin on the right where they would put their own thoughts. And the guy who copied after that included that in the prayer. Right. That was one suggestion. The other one I have, it's clear that the prayer Jesus uses this Sunday from Luke is a little different than the one from Matthew. So he said this prayer more than once, and who knows if he had added those other things on or not. But it's in the Bible, and it's always fun when I have Roman Catholics uh, in my seminars and we're saying the Lord's Prayer, and they're silent at that point.
1: Cut it off.
0: Yeah, right. exactly. But what does the word amen mean? Yes, yes, it shall be so. In other words, it's kind of a vow mm-hmm. on our part. Do you miss the amens at the end of most of the you hymns? You know,
1: that used to be a common complaint of a lot of, a lot yes. of people. You know, they, they always want the amens yes. you know, for every hymn. But I don't know. Organists tell and I don't know about Mark, but organists tell me that it's just is not always appropriate for every single hymn. It is often, but I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know I don't about understand that. Understand it either. But uh, I have people a. complain about not having an amen after hymn.
0: Yeah. Of the churches I'm helping take care of right now, I have an organist at one of them, always puts an amen always at the end, even good. if it's not in the text. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of one. Yeah um how, how do we end the gospel a lot of times here ends the gospel and the people say yes thanks be to god, thanks be to god right yes right. and i've often wondered about that when jesus says yes and those will go into eternal hell <laughs> you know the goats and <laughs> we say here god. ends the gospel thanks be to god <laughs> oh boy all right well hopefully mark laverty won't Show up next week. <laughs> no, that was fun. Yeah, he's an excellent organist and knows his theology real well.
1: And a real nice
0: guy. Yeah, nice. And hopefully you'll be here with us next Plenty Tuesday. Yes. yes, and we'll have more understanding of what happened at the convention too. Right. Yes, we be. All right. I'm Tom Baker and Mark Smith. Mark Laverty. God bless.